Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fandom Auto Podcast. I'm your host today, Tyler Kern. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the program. Today, we're going to take you along every step of the adoption journey in upcoming episodes, but today we're starting at the very beginning of that adoption journey. And joining me today are three guests who are going to be able to describe this process for you. First, we have Evan Rago. He is the Manager for Solutions and Development and Sales at Phantom Auto. Evan, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Tyler. Thanks for having me. Really excited to be here today and, and talk about uh, the adoption journey and how folks are leveraging uh, not just teleoperations, but but you know all technologies to hopefully align with their, their digital transformation. Absolutely. I think this is a really exciting topic and I can't wait to dive in. And also joining us today is Barbara Gress. She is the Director of Engineering and Innovation at NFI. Barbara, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. And last but certainly not least is Kevin Patterson. He's the president of distribution for NFI. Kevin, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. And thanks for the opportunity to talk through this. Absolutely. So listeners to the podcast might be familiar with Phantom Auto. In fact, uh, if you're not, you should go back and listen to previous episodes of the podcast to learn a little bit more about Phantom Auto and what they do. But you, they might not be as familiar with NFI. So Kevin and Barbara, uh, kick us off just by telling us about NFI and what it is that you do. Sure, real quick. Uh, we are a North American 3PL. Uh, my job is primarily focused on the distribution crosstalk side of that business. We also have some uh, other areas focused on uh, asset-based trucks and brokerage uh, as well that support our business. So, Kevin, when, uh, when it comes to evaluating the needs of your customers and then tailoring solutions to meet those needs, how do you go about doing that? What do those conversations look like? Um, maybe give us an idea from beginning to end uh, about that process and how you evaluate the needs that your customers have. Sure. I mean, at bottom line, it's uh, you know, about the relationship, partnering with them to figure out what their strategy is and really what their biggest areas of pain or concern are. Uh, and trying to define solutions that help uh, address either that strategy and help and support that strategy or address the uh, the concerns that they're having within their supply chain, which obviously with uh, the dynamics of the market these days are significant. 100%. That, that, is, that is absolutely true. Yeah, Evan, go ahead. Just to add, you know, a little, uh, you know, some color there. I, I work with a, a lot of folks, you know, in the 3PL industry and warehousing and distribution. And, uh, you know, NFI really doesn't take a, a one size fits all to, to, you know, approach to their customers. Um, so they do, you know, I, I think they're, they're really, really good at customizing solutions and, you know, tailoring their solutions to their customer needs. Um, so it's, you know, something just that, that I've been able to uh, pick up on working with these folks throughout the, the past couple of months. And just to add to that, a lot of our customer relationships are 20, 25 year plus tenure. And so the changes that we're seeing, you know, in the past year or so aren't new to NFI. We're always changing um, and being flexible for our customers. So that's one of the things that I like about NFI as well is as as the, the marketplace changes and our customers are changing, we're changing the solutions in which we're supporting um, and and really driving some of this innovation within our solutions itself. Right. You, I, I think you mentioned a really important word there, Barbara, and that was that's flexibility and being able to flex um, as your customers' needs change. And I think that uh, a lot has changed over the past year and a half, right? And there's been a lot of flexibility required um, because of different market challenges. So, Kevin, from your perspective, what are some of the primary challenges that your customers are facing today and how are you helping them tackle those challenges? Yeah, you know, the, the 
COVID has really made the dynamics of the industry change significantly. Uh, first off, the profile of our business has changed. Uh, obviously, everything is a lot more e-com than it ever was. It's a lot more customized to that particular customer. So uh, discrete ordering uh, and time, lead time associated with that ordering is, is critical. Everybody has an expectation of delivery next day, the, the Amazon factor. Uh, that's in, that's really hit the industry and hit all of our expectations uh, as consumers. And then the other piece is just labor. Uh, you hear it across the board right now from a standpoint of uh, whether it be a restaurant or a distribution or anything uh, service oriented. Finding labor in almost any market right now is our biggest challenge. It's our customer's biggest challenge. Uh, we're using all different creative ways to try to address that, that uh, opportunity and certainly that's what led us down the path of, of our initial discussions with Phantom. Yeah, I think those are those are two things that uh, that come up a lot these days and uh, and has really caused a, a, a big shift in thinking, I think, uh, for a lot of people just trying to kind of find their way through some of the challenges of this particular time and has led them to, to certain solutions. And Evan, is that something that you've noticed as well, is that people are coming and saying, hey, we're, we have these challenges or, or my customers are having these challenges. Um, what can you do for us? Because labor is difficult and uh, increased capacity is also difficult. And there's uh, there's just a lot of different things going on kind of, uh, and a lot of different factors all converging at, at around the same time. Yeah, definitely. So I think flexibility and agility is probably, you know, the number one initiative that we're seeing across the board um, right now. Uh, folks realize that, you know, they have to, to come up with innovative solutions to become more flexible, to become more agile. And so that whenever there's future COVIDs or, or different problems, they can, you know, adjust quicker than they, they, they did. You kind of learned the hard way the first time around. Um, so flexibility and agility is is huge. We're seeing a, a huge pre, uh, push for that. A lot of folks are looking at the Phantom platform. Um, you know, like Kevin was um, Kevin was alluding to uh, labor challenges. So with the Phantom platform being able to apply labor really, you know, when and where it's needed with the click of a button or break down that geographic barrier uh, to hiring material handlers. Um, you know, it's it's an extreme value. Um, the, another thing that's interesting too is that you know the, the demographic for material handlers is is uh, you know it's a pretty it's pretty certain demographic. It doesn't really appeal to a, a lot of folks working in a warehouse, working in a manufacturing environment. So now we're seeing you know folks taking to a, a you know this type of technology as a way to expand their labor pool. Uh, it can be you know it's. Uh, Filling these open job racks, it's more appealing to, to digital natives, uh, maybe folks who traditionally don't see themselves as manufacturers or working in, in a warehouse, um, but not just expanding the labor pool to the folks who wouldn't see themselves typically in that position, but also disabled, uh, disabled folks as well. Um, so really, you know, the, the problem that we're really addressing and solving is, you know, industry-wide labor issues. And when you think of flexibility and agility, um, you know, certainly having that labor flexibility and agility is is pretty appealing. So, Barbara and Kevin, I would love to to ask you guys. You know, what stood out to you about Phantom Auto Solutions and the capability that it provided for facilities? Uh, what sorts of things initially kind of caught your eye about Phantom Auto and what they're able to do? You know, at a high level, when you look at uh, any type of service function that traditionally has been hard to fill, a lot of that is moved remotely, and having the capability of looking at ways to where 
um, filling off shifts could be filled from another part, uh, another time zone somewhere else in the world, uh, being able to utilize uh, people from, uh, you know, as mentioned before, that have disabilities as an example and give them the opportunity to work and, and fulfill this role. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of things that just are exciting about this that open doors that traditionally in the in the distribution environment you would never have thought of. Yeah, I would add to that. I mean, we talked a bit a little bit about our challenges, whether it's you know the driving labor costs, the just finding labor itself, the volume that's driving overtime and temp labor. That compounded with all of our um, diversity and inclusion initiatives. This was something that we felt was an opportunity to um, expand not only to hit some of our key challenges, but provide NFI an opportunity to dynamically distribute labor across vehicles and sites, as well as create more of a mechanism for that expanded workforce. Evan talked a little bit about, um, you know, the the digital workforce or the digital um, millennials that are just working differently. And so we have a couple of, of programs that are we're currently doing now where we're looking at um, existing vocational and technical schools. How are we engaging our universities? How are we upskilling our workforce so we can provide that user-friendly and office environment to attract a different type of workforce? So if you go back to the challenges coupled with some of our key initiatives, Phantom Auto helped complement a lot of the areas that we felt we needed to drive to be innovative into the next year to two to three years. I think that was really, really well put. Uh, Evan, it can be interesting to hear other people describe your company and you know, the company that you work for and get their perspective on it. Uh, what was it like hearing Barbara and Kevin just now kind of talk about uh, Phantom Auto and their perceptions of it and, and the solutions that you provide? Yeah, it's exciting. It's really exciting because, you know, how we see the technology being, you know, valuable, it's, it's, it's resonating, uh, you know, certainly resonating with, with Barbara and Kevin and the people actually out, uh, in the field are, are kind of validating, you know, what, whenever we came, you know, uh, with this idea of teleoperations or remote work, you know, we, we weren't really sure how the, the market would receive it or how it would be valued or perceived or viewed. And it's, so it's just really uh, reassuring and, and exciting. Um, you know, not, and I will say not everybody thinks like NFI, not everybody is early adopters or, you know, uh, you know uh, want to be innovators or ahead of the curve. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's just, it's super exciting to find a partner uh, like NFI that thinks like NF that thinks like Phantom does. So, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, really exciting. So, Barbara, let's talk about that opening phase of adopting Phantom Auto's technology, starting with the pre-sale activities. What did that entail and how did they show you that their technology was right for you? <laughs> it involved a lot of conversations with um, a lot of different stakeholders. So if you think about what Phantom Auto touches on, you know, we talked about the operations, we talked about the the talent development aspect. So that whole HR piece, then you've got operations, um, the IT and network piece, where now we're talking about how do you actually teleoperate and, and execute a pallet movement safely in an operation. This isn't a small undertaking. So there were a lot of conversations with multiple NFI stakeholders that represented our IT and network group, our safety group, operations, fleet and maintenance, um, our ABT and driver training, and then our customer VOC. So what were our customers saying 
um, we wanted to make sure that that voice was was heard as we were hearing not only the capability from Phantom Auto, but how we could potentially use Phantom Auto for our customers. Yeah, I think that's that's really well put. And, and you mentioned all of the conversations and, and lots of questions and that sort of thing that, that had to be answered and, and asked and answered. So uh, who was involved in that process and what roles did they play? Um, well, Evan was our facilitator, I guess, from the Phantom Auto side, and he was able to bring in various folks who represented, um, I guess, some of the key functions that our group was really concerned about. We had we had your traditional demos, but then we also had breakout sessions with the IT team. So there was a lot of conversation with our VP of IT, Andrew Stark, just around network requirements. What were the facility prep conversations that needed to be had? Um, we also had a lot of conversations with safety. So our EVP of safety, Steve Truno, our VP of safety, Paul Abrams, um, all these folks were involved because they are the ones, when you talk about adoption, um, who are going to have to be intimately involved in really understanding some of those um, deliverables and then as well accepting and approving those so we can um, operate them safely. Kevin Patterson and his team of, of folks um, who represent the distribution operations they're the ones when we talk about scanning the labels the signage everything that is involved with a pallet movement and when you get into the actual um you know operations and process steps all of those folks were involved as well in those key conversations kevin do you want to elaborate more at all on on your role in those conversations and they and how they set you up for success in the future you know, bottom line, we spent a lot of time talking about our strategy and how do we drive the business going forward. And fundamentally, in in the three PL industry, or really anywhere in distribution, if you're not proactively thinking about labor and the genuine labor shortage, that's that's not going away. And I don't think it ever. It, we're we're going to be faced with this now, and from everything I've seen, it's going to get nothing but worse going forward. We have to be proactive in order to protect our business and our customers. And this is really a key part of that. And we spend a lot of time as an organization from the ownership on down talking about how do we get after it. And uh, you know, I'm very excited about this because I think it's uh, it could be one of the fundamental pillars that we use within distribution to approach it in a proactively different way. So Barbara, how did you feel that all of those conversations and all of the due, due diligence that you did uh, on the front end, how did that process set you up for success here as we kind of uh, talk about that that first phase of adoption, how did that really set up the rest of, of the adoption journey for you? I think for me, what stood out is during those conversations, we really understood what we needed to test and where our stakeholders had questions. And that helped frame up our our project plan, how we were going to look at this, how we were going to test it in terms of proof of technology, and then how we were going to validate the proof of value to ultimately scale the technology. And so as those conversations evolved, so did our project plan, because at that point, we really understood what we knew and what we still needed to know in order to answer some of the questions that our stakeholders had. And Evan, from your perspective there at, at Phantom Auto, how important is it to to have those conversations on the front end and make sure that um, that a new customer feels confident uh, in the technology and the solutions that you're providing? Uh, because 
you know, but as I think about this, this is a this can be a massive change for people, right? And so getting things started off on the right foot here in this initial phase of the adoption journey really is an important step. Yeah, it it really is. Um, so you know, this this is disruptive technology. It is it is new technology. So a lot of times, you know, folks don't know really how uh, or or where or when to start. Um, so you know, the 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 upfront work, the up you know getting everybody involved early and often having the conversations with IT with cy- you know uh, cybersecurity um, safety talking with operations even setting success metrics ROI data I mean just a, a lot of that work up front uh, really sets the project up for success in the future but on Phantom Auto side you know we we really have to educate um, folks a, a lot throughout the entire process uh, you know in order to to you know, just kind of hold, uh, you know, folks' hands uh, to get them, get them to to actually want to move forward or, or needing to move or yeah, wanting to move forward with, uh, you know, with, with this. So, really important. And Kevin, as the president of distribution, obviously, you know, you want to make sure that that a rollout like this goes smoothly. So, from your perspective, uh, what what was your perception of this initial phase of the adoption process, and how has it helped set you up for success uh, in the world of distribution? Well, I think that it's really been so far. It's been a pretty thorough process. I think we've identified some some things that we need to work through in order to make it successful. That if we wouldn't have vetted it thoroughly, we probably would have found out. And it would have fundamentally delayed the project. So having a clear path, having everybody agree on that path, really dissecting the process all the way through and making sure we recognize the gaps that we have or that the technology is still working on, um, I think it's been a really good exercise. And it's really set us up to to learn to walk before we run and really get into a position where perhaps we've uh, committed to some things that either we're not ready for or the technology is not geared for on the front end. So um, I think it's uh, the approach has been good. Um, I think there's a lot of work obviously still to do. And, and uh, I think we're going to be learning a lot of things as we move forward. But the front end has been, uh, it's been a very enlightening. Excellent, excellent stuff. So as we begin to wrap up our conversation here today on uh, the initial phase of that adoption journey, um, I wanted to give everyone the opportunity just to give us any final or closing thoughts, anything they wanted to leave the audience with here today, or maybe something that we haven't touched on yet that you think is important to communicate. So Evan, I want to start with you. Anything that you want to make sure to get communicated here before we uh, sign off on this episode of the show? Uh, yeah, you know, I, every organization that I've, I've you know, been fortunate enough to, to work with in the, in the past six to eight months is on this you know, digital transformation journey. Um, so a lot of processes are changing. Folks are figuring out, you know, uh, you know, how do we adopt new technology, uh, you know, to to set ourselves apart from the competition? How do we become faster? How do we become safer? Um, how do we increase our quality? And a lot of that is is looking at new technologies and innovative technologies, and they fall under the pillars of, you know, Industry 4.0 or, or IoT. And what a lot of folks don't realize is that teleoperations or remote handling is uh, is 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 fits directly with the nine pillars of industry 4.0 and it's enabled by one of the pillars of industry 4.0 so really using teleoperations is a it helps folks align with their digital transformation uh journey and so everything's being virtualized uh nowadays and so now it is possible to actually virtualize your material handling 
Fantastic stuff. Fantastic stuff. Thank you for that, Evan and Barbara. Uh, any final comments, any final thoughts here uh, on this episode and this conversation about the initial uh, phase of adoption? Um, I think, you know, when we talk about innovation at NFI, I think one of the key takeaways that I'd like the audience to understand is that it is such a collective effort across our organization. Um, it's not just in a vacuum, you know, in one application in a warehouse. We're really making sure that the technology is adopted across our organization between safety, IT, our operations, our HR folks. And I think this is a great example of how we go about our innovation um, testing to ensure that as we look at new technologies, we're really fully vetting it before it becomes a standard tool in our toolkit. That's a really, really excellent point. Kevin, uh, let me uh, wrap things up here with you. Uh, any final thoughts, anything you'd like to share here before we uh, we wrap up this episode? No, just at a high level. I mean, it, it's been an exciting journey thus far. Every time we talk about it, it seems like we think of another alternative uh, that we can use it for. It really opens just... Uh, it opens a lot of doors that we probably still haven't even thought of. And I'm, I'm excited about the, the journey that uh, we're going to be uh, going down going forward here. And before we sign off for this episode of the program, Evan, I know that we are going to dive into some, uh, to, uh, some other phases of the adoption journey in upcoming episodes. Can you give us a little preview? Give us a little bit of, uh, of understanding as far as what we can expect from upcoming episodes. Yeah. So we're going to continue to highlight the trends in the material handling industry um, but as alluded to earlier, we'll have chronologically uh, synchronized episodes that really highlight the adoption journey. Um, these will include uh, specific uh, episodes on safety, uh, IT cybersecurity, uh, operations, deployment hurdles, best practices. Um, just really discuss the overall adoption process holistically, uh, including things like ROI, success metrics, pitfalls, uh, certain focus areas. We'll also include best practices from industry insiders and experts and uh, just continue to explore the role of teleoperations uh, and how it helps organizations uh, achieve their digital transformation goals. Well, thank you all so much here for, uh, for joining me here today and, and talking about this initial phase of the adoption journey. It's been an absolute blast getting to learn from your experiences and, uh, and, and I'm excited to see where things go from here. So Evan, Barbara, and Kevin, thank you all so much for joining me here uh, on this episode of the Phantom Auto Podcast. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Absolutely. And everyone stay tuned for upcoming episodes of the show where we will continue to dive in more to the adoption journey and we'll uh, we'll get further and further into it and give you some more steps and uh, stories along the way. So stay tuned for that. But for this episode, for all of my guests today, Evan, Barbara and Kevin, thank you all so much for joining me. I've been your host today, Tyler Kern, and we'll talk to you again soon. Mm-hmm.